Valentine. Fat guy loves kicking in your ear. <laughs> hey guys, it is the one, the only me, Joey Valentine, coming to you on Labor Day. A little bit late, but so what? It's Labor Day. I think. If I'm not mistaken, that means I don't have to do any labor. It's not actually a day where you go out and you you make a point to work. No, you make a point to not work. Although, unfortunately, most people in this country probably are working because you know why I know? Because I just had uh, DoorDash deliver Dunkin' Donuts to my house, which means that at least two places are open today, DoorDash and uh, Dunkin'. And the gentleman who delivered my... Donuts was an African-American with a Band-Aid across his cheek, and I had to hold my tongue and uh, not ask him if the Nelly style was back in. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was in the right place. Nothing racist about that. Nelly wore a Band-Aid across his eye, and this cat had it right in the same place. Just saying. It was a little butterfly bandage. He would have either found it funny as well, or, you know, I'd be wearing donuts. Got a great show for you today, got many subjects to get to, but one in particular is going to blow your mind, and that is, we're going to talk about the male genitalia, and not how I have a fondness for it, or a fondness for talking about it. We're going to talk about why in history, the Greeks have always made their statues, their men, statues with tiny little junk. It's uh, it's going to blow your mind, and it's going to raise your self-esteem. But before that, I just wanted to remark on some other news that's catching up in the world. So there's this show called The British Bake Off or something like that, um, you know, because I don't really do a whole lot of homework. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's called The British Bake Off. But uh, like 10 months ago, they had an episode and it's so funny how like things happen and then like way down the line somebody has to make an issue out of it like because some fucking cancel culture douchebag progressive is on the internet one day and he's like oh i can't believe no one was upset about this it's my turn it's my time to shine to get upset about it so the british bake-off was doing a thing where they had like a weekly uh different nationality theme for the these things that they were baking you know there was italy and there was asian food and then there was mexican food now, I've talked about Mexicans like a million times before because I live amongst them. And like these are the last people in the world who are going to be offended by anything. I, like even if you were outright racist against Mexicans, most of them are like, I don't give a shit. They'll be like, Yeah, that's pretty much true. That that's spot on. That's we're like that. <laughs> they have a great attitude about it. That's why you don't ever hear about race riots and shit going on in Mexico. When the COVID virus first came out. What came out when it was first released under its new album. No, I mean, I hate to make it sound like it made its premiere or something, but when the COVID virus first reared its ugly head, everyone was freaking out because Trump kept saying China virus. And, you know, everyone was like, stop saying China virus because it implies that it came from China, that China did this, China, <laughs> that China did this to us when we all know, in fact, that it did come from China, from Wuhan. But Everyone in the world was like, okay, we'll stop calling it the China virus, the Chinese virus, because it's offensive. Meanwhile, in Mexico, you had all these <laughs> little um, stands, you know, like, like how you have vegetable stands and fruit stands, and you got ones that's selling piñatas, and the piñatas were 
the were blown up versions of the coronavirus, you know, the little ball with the tentacle looking things coming all off of it. And then on top of that, it had a picture of a Chinese guy. Well, at least a caricature of one, you know, with like the the eyes were completely closed and the buck teeth. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> the whole world's like, let's be sensitive to China and Mexicans like, fuck that shit. <laughs> and they made Chinese coronavirus piñatas. And it would be one thing if it was just the cell that was causing the virus, but it was actually very, very unacceptable. I mean, if you can't take a fucking joke, unacceptable uh, picture of a Chinese man. Uh, I mean, it had the, uh, you know, the fucking, the, the hat with the people you traditionally see, like, picking rice. Or, I don't know, do you pick rice? Scoop it? Plant it? Pluck it? I never said I know everything about everything. <laughs> Anyway, two of the uh, hosts on the uh, British Bake Off, because it was Mexican week, donned sombreros. Pretty dope sombreros, too. I don't have a picture of it, but uh, donned sombreros that had those little dingo balls hanging all around them, like the ones that the Mexicans used to have in their cars back in the 70s, you know, Cheech and Chong era type. And uh, then, like, some, um, some ponchos, and that was pretty much it, And except they made one Mexican joke. The girl, the woman, the host of the show, she said... I don't think Mexicans will find this funny. And the gentleman goes, not even Juan. That's funny. And it's not defensive at all. Anyway, so 10 months later, here we are. And uh, someone probably obese with blue hair and a septum ring uh, got offended. And they're white. And meanwhile, you can look all over YouTube, TikTok, whatever. And you can find all these shorts that are saying, like, I'm Mexican. I don't give a shit. Because guess what? They don't give a shit. Only white people make a fucking stink about other people's racial problems. Only white people can take someone of another race and work them into a frenzy over something that they were never going to be upset about in the first place. That being said, let's move on. Uh, we are going to, I'm so excited to talk about this. This is why men in classical art have tiny junk. Have you ever felt not so manly? Have you ever felt insecure? Like you just ain't big enough. It's not the size of the nail. It's the hammer that, no, wait. It's not the size of the hammer. It's the nail you're throwing it at. Or I don't care because I got mine. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Joey, you misogynistic, sexist, bigot. Oh, that reminds me. I got, so I've been doing the Joey Valentine YouTube channel, which is a little more political. I speak about things that I strongly believe in. This is why I leave them out of this show. And one of the things that I talked about was uh, some stuff that was going on with transgender people. And that, of course, is a sensitive subject. And it angered some people. Uh, but I'd say like a very, very tiny amount because the for the most part, I was getting very, very positive feedback, but I got a comment where a guy like threatened me, not, not threatened me like physically, but he said, uh, what do you say? Uh, he said, you are a bigoted racist, uh, transphobe. And if you'd like to have a debate, uh, I would be more than happy to embarrass you. And I just wrote, eh, <laughs> Like, I don't want to go into a, I don't like, I don't believe in arguing on the internet, you know, like no one wins. No one, you just say a lot of nasty stuff back and forth. He's going to say his piece. I left his comment up out of respect, free speech. I left his comment on the JV page 
And I didn't go into like, hey, screw you and all this. No, it's, you know, what's the point? He already, you know, doesn't like me because he thinks I'm those things. Now, I anyone who knows this show, that show, anything that I do knows that I'm not racist. I joke a lot because that's what's fun. It's fun to joke about race. Everyone does it. It's funny until people get really tight asses about it and then we can't have fun with it and it becomes hateful and all that crap. So he called me a racist, a bigot, and a transphobe. Okay, I'm not racist. You can call me whatever you want, but I am not racist. I know in my heart I'm not racist. I am not uh, a transphobe. I am in, by no means am I even remotely afraid of trans people. I'm afraid that they're going to keep ruining my country. That I have a fear of. Uh, and, and a bigot, a bigot. Yeah, probably. That's probably accurate. Okay, so enough about me being offensive to the whole world. Uh, let's get into this article. It's really, really cool. And it's going to really boost your self-esteem. It's going to boost your ego. And you want to have this show on hand for any girl who thinks that your size isn't adequate. If you are uh, smaller than three to four inches, then you're kind of on your own. you got to have something. I mean, geez. All right, here we go. Ancient Greeks thought that smaller was better. For the ancient Greeks, male perfection didn't get much higher than Zeus, king of the gods. But many depictions of Zeus show the god with a petite package. Why did the Greeks prefer gods with smaller endowments? The playwright Aristophanes offered a big clue in The Clouds, written around 420 BC. In the play, Aristophanes says the perfect man has a gleaming chest, bright skin, broad shoulders, tiny tongue, strong buttocks, buttocks and a little prick. <clears throat> Excuse me. Gay! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Greek beauty standards prized muscle men with small junk. The ancient Greeks knew what they liked. According to, according to historian Paul Cristal, author of In Bed with Ancient Greeks, sculptors intentionally chiseled off a little extra when it came to men's privates. The small member was consonant with Greek ideals of male beauty. It was a badge of the highest culture and a paragon of, of civilization. Excuse me. A smaller package meant the man was more intellectual and logical because he wasn't distracted by lust. Mm -hmm. Because you got more blood in your brain instead of your dong. All right, let's move on to the next part here. We got a small package indicated a virtuous, moderate man. In ancient Greece, the ideal man was driven by logic rather than lust. He was a virtuous intellectual and a public servant who placed his community above himself. Classics professor Andrew Lear draws a connection between the ideal and the sizes of the sculpted male anatomy. Greeks associated small and non-erect members with moderation, which was one of the key virtues that formed their view of ideal masculinity, Lear explains. The height of masculinity for Greeks meant a strong mind rather than oversized manhood. And, you know, this is true. Like, I'm not saying, like, having a small dong is cool or anything, but you, you it does make sense. You, the, the Greeks prided themselves in being able to, uh, to be virtuous, in being uh, strong-willed, which obviously meant, like, not giving in to temptations, which would mean not just lust, but also uh, keeping your physique up, being well-toned, being muscular, and 
not being a slovenly fucking, you know, slut banger or whatever, right? So um, a man who could say no to things is what, is what I'm thinking. Like, so a man who could be like, I don't partake in the drink. I don't partake in fatty foods. I don't overeat. I exercise. I work hard to look good. I shave my chest hair. I have a tight ass. And uh, I have a small dick because uh, I don't need to get laid constantly because it's not a big deal to me. Which probably back then only made women want them even more. So women were probably like, oh, this guy with this tight ass and this wax chest and this little wang. Oh, I want to get some of that. (laughs) All right. And the next section says classical societies didn't connect male anatomy with power. So the ancient Greeks, a well-endowed man, made a terrible leader. He would be driven by lust rather than logic, prone to making bad decisions because of his anatomy. Paul Cristal notes that the difference between Greece and other civilizations concluding that endowment was never a badge of virility or manliness in ancient Greece as it was in other cultures. The Greeks measured power by other metrics. Potency came from the intellect needed to power man's responsibility to father children, prolong the family line, and sustain the state. So I'm guessing all politicians had tiny dicks. The Greeks and Romans wanted to avoid being like Priapus. The king of the Greek gods, Zeus, was often shown with a small endowment. Priapus, on the other hand, boasted larger-than-life manhood. Why the difference between the two gods? Priapus was a Greek god of fertility, sired by the goddess of beauty and the god of wine. The god also carried a curse, which made him ugly and impotent. Ouch. (laughs) Biggest wang in Greece? Ugly and impotent. Needed some of that Greek Viagra. Viagra, why not? How would you see How would you translate that? <laughs> Can't talk. Translate that into Latin. Viagratus. Penis Viagratus. Rather than being praised by the gods, Priapus was raised by satyrs. Satyrs? Rather than being raised by the gods, Priapus was raised by satyrs. I hope I'm saying that right. The Greeks looked down on Priapus, who was driven by his lust. He was the exact opposite of the classical ideal, and his large package instantly marked Priapus for ridicule. Well, yeah, if you made it like, I'm looking at a picture of it here, and it's like, it's not going to fit inside any woman. So that wasn't very nice. Um, ooh, The Greek ideal was a prepubescent boy. Uh-oh. We're getting into some uncharted territory here. Uh, Classical Greek men were known for cultivating relationships with younger men or even boys. Uh, (laughs) Great. While many Greek statues show the rippling muscles of an adult man, in one area Greek artists may have prioritized youth. Which just goes to show you that uh, you know who kinds of people have been around for fucking ever. We'll just go ahead and skip that section, you know. Let's get all something else there. All right, and finally, the Greeks criticized the Egyptians by depicting them with large junk. The Greeks and Romans knew how to draw oversized members, but those depictions, like the adult art from Pompeii, were often associated with stupidity or being a barbarian. In fact, the Greeks loved to insult their enemies, such as the Egyptians, by depicting them with large junk. The Greeks also associated barbarians with large packages. Civilization meant prioritizing the mind over base impulses, so an oversized endowment indicated an uncivilized man. To the Greeks, barbarians were practically animals, and their anatomy represented their brutish nature. 
All right, folks, so there you have it. If you got a giant wang, you are an animal, you're a brute, you're stupid, you are a caveman, you're a cave dweller, you're no good to anybody, and if you have a penis like me, then you're very, very smart. I mean, you know, like an average one. Don't want no short dick, man. Don't want no short dick. 